Okay, good morning. So today's daf is Kuf Yudalid in Pesachim. We are starting at the Mishnah. Kuf Yudalid Amud Aleph, about a third of the way or a quarter of the way down of the uh, the Amud. The Mishnah starts talking now about the uh, details of the Seder of Pesach. It says, Mazgulo Kos Rishon, they pour the first cup, the first cup of the Seder, which is also, of course, the cup of Kiddush. Beit Shammai says, first you bless the day, then you bless the wine. And this is a general machloket. We saw it already in Masechet Bachot, actually, uh, between Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel. Beit Shammai says that you say the blessing, Mekadesh Shabbat first, and then, Boi Priyagefen. Or, in this case, Mekadesh Yisrael Vahazimanim, followed by Boi Priyagefen. That is the, the opinion of Beit Shammai throughout. And this we talked about it in Masechet Bachot, and it's elaborated upon uh, in the Gemara here, which quotes also a Tosefta from Masechet Bachot. And then, According to Beit Hillel, first we say, and then we say, uh, So, uh, so, the, um, so according, this is a machloket, not just of Pesach, it's a machloket throughout Elchot Shabbat of Kiddush of Shabbat, and also... Uh, and, and and was discussed already in Masechet Bachot. It's Kufiyu Dalid Mishnah Amun Aleph. So now the Gemara says, and this Gemara is really quoting a Tosefta that we already have seen and encountered in Masechet Bachot. Says Tanu Rabbanan, Tvarim Shavet Beit Shammai Beit Hillel Besuda. There are uh, matters that uh, divide Beit Shammai and Beit Hillel regarding a meal, and one and the very first one is. Uh, According to Beit Shammai, first you say the blessing on the day, which means Mekadesh Shabbat or Mekadesh Selva Zemanim in this case, and then you say the blessing because what's the reason why you're bringing wine? You're bringing it because of the day. The primary thing is that uh, is that it's Shabbat. You're declaring Shabbat. It's and you're drinking the wine because of Shabbat. So first you should bless the Shabbat and then bless the wine. <clears throat> and moreover. So he says, and, and the day already started and the wine didn't come yet. Meaning to say that you went, by the time you come to eat your meal on Friday night, you've already, Shabbat has already started usually. So that means that you, uh, you know, so really in terms of chron- chronological order, Shabbat should come before the wine as well. Because literally Shabbat came before the wine. Shabbat started and you haven't drunk the wine yet. So according to Beit you say, Shabbat and then uh, all the time. Now, um... And uh, which is the way that we do it. They say first you bless followed by because what is the reason why the kiddush is being said? Only because you have wine. In other words, if you didn't have any wine or or bread, I guess one could use. Uh, you wouldn't say uh, you wouldn't be saying kiddush at all, as Rashbam says. Shim en lo yain opat mikadesh. So a person, uh, if somebody didn't have the wine or the bread, if you're making kiddush on bread, they wouldn't be able to say anything. So therefore, uh, <coughs> the wine is more primary according to Beit Hillel. Um, another reason is the, the blessing on wine is more common the blessing on the day is not as common in other words you can have wine every day some people have wine every single day they have wine with their dinner every night it's supposed to be good for you um, so they uh, so it's, and therefore we always say that the more common thing comes first so Beit Hillel gives two reasons it gives a reason number one that uh, that uh, the um, the wine is the only reason why you have Kiddush because if you didn't have wine you wouldn't be able to say Kiddush at all number one number two why the blessing on the wine is more common than the blessing on Shabbat so therefore you should say it first and Allah follows Beit Hillel that we say followed by Mikadesh Shabbat as we all know 
or in the case of a Yom Tov, it would be uh, it would be a boy prayer geffen followed by Mikadesh Yisrael Vazimani. Now the question is though, why does Beit Hillel need two reasons? Normally, one reason is enough. Right? Because maybe you'll say that over there they have two reasons. In other words, over there, what is a what is a, a Beit Shammai is seem to say really, uh, you know, two reasons. Because I said, first of all, the wine, the, the day is the reason why you're drinking the wine. Shabbat is the reason for the drink of the wine, so it should come first. And second of all, they said that the day comes in before the Kiddush starts. So that's two good reasons to say Mekadesh Shabbat before you say Birkat So Beit says, well, if, maybe you'll say, well, they have two reasons and we only have one reason, so we'll give you a second reason. Not only do you need wine in order to say Kiddush, but also the blessing on wine is more common. So we have two arguments as well. Right? So it says, Maybe you'll say Beit Shammai has two reasons. We have only one. We also have two reasons because we have two reasons to support our view. Not only do you need wine in order to say Kiddush, but also, uh, but also the blessing on wine is more common and therefore there's two reasons to prefer saying Bori Priya Geffen before the Mikadesh HaShabbat. Now, it's said in the at the end that the halacha follows Beit Hillel, but Pshita, that should be obvious. We had a divine voice that came, a batkol, that declared, divine heavenly voice came and said, follow Beit Hillel. We know, that's very famous. That's why we always follow Beit Hillel, not Beit Shammai. So, so the thing is, maybe the statement that the halacha followed Beit Hillel, which seems superfluous, we don't need that statement because we know the halacha follows Beit Hillel, always follows Beit Hillel. Why do you have to mention it in this case? Is because that was before they established the rule that the halacha always follows Beit Hillel. There was a time that it was still up in the air whether we would follow Beit Hillel or Beit Shammai. Maybe that's why it says that. Or, or it could be that even after the batkol, even after there was a divine voice that said we should always follow Beit Hillel, still Still, there are some who don't believe in it. Like Rabbi Yoshua says, no, in Mashkichin Bevatkol, I don't believe in any heavenly voices. You know, so therefore we need to hear that Halakha Beit Hillel, that we follow Beit Hillel for, you know, that that's the official ruling from earth, not that it came from heaven, because heaven wouldn't be good enough for Rabbi Yoshua. Now the Mishnah continues discussing um, discussing the Seder. Basically, the rest of the Masechet is going to be discussing the Seder. Now it says, Heviu Lefanav, they brought before him. Of, co- of course, it doesn't say what they brought before him, it just says, Heviu Lefanav. Um, and the Rashbam and Rashi say, they bring vegetables first. The first thing you do after Kiddush is Kadesh, Urchatz, and Karpas. Really, the Urchatz is part of the Karpas, right? So uh, you, you eat a vegetable afterwards. Um, according, to, uh, according to Tosfot, that means they bring before him the table because they would first say Kiddush and then because back then they didn't have a big table like we had. Everyone had a TV dinner table, like a little table. So they would bring out little tables, right? So he dips with the Chazeret. Now, really, Chazeret is a type of maror. So the Gemara is going to talk about how this is only talking about a person who has only one vegetable. The only thing he has is romaine lettuce, let's say. It's the only thing he has. So therefore, he has to use it both for uh, karpas and also for maror. He has to use it for both. Right, but normally you would dip with some other vegetable, whatever, whatever vegetable like we use usually celery. Right, so you would uh, you would use that, and it wouldn't say chazerot; it would say celery instead. Right, even though you're not yet up to the vegetable that you're going to have after the during the meal, the vegetable, the first vegetable you have during the meal, of course, is the maror because you have it after the matzah. You eat maror, right? So you're eating; you eat this vegetable even before. 
הביאו לפניו מצה וחזרת בחרוסת ושני תבשילים, then they bring in front of him the מצה and the lettuce, meaning the maror and the חרוסת, and the two dishes, two cooked foods, אף על פי שאין חרוסת מצווה, even though it's not really מצווה תב חרוסת. רבי אלעזר בן צדוק אומר, מצווה. רבי אלעזר בן צדוק says, no, it is a מצווה תב חרוסת. ובמקדש היו מביאים לפניו גופו של פסח, and in the times of the בית המקדש they would also bring the body of the קורבן פסח in front of everybody uh, at, at, at the center. So in other words, the order was that they would say קידוש. Then they, would, they, then they would bring vegetable, they would dip a vegetable, which could be maror if that was the only vegetable they had, or it could, be, uh, it could have been uh, another vegetable if they had an alternative. And then, they would, um, and then after that, they would bring in front of him the plate with the rest of the stuff. So this is sort of a, uh, uh, an indication of our, our custom, which is that we take the seder plate away, we bring it back, you know, because it's, now you bring the plate again that has everything. It has the two dishes. Our two dishes are the shank bone and the... And the and the egg that we put on the uh, that we put on the on the plate that's the that symbolizes the two tavshilin the two cooked items and then you have matzah and you have the maror and you have the charoset and and then there's a machloket is the charoset really considered a mitzvah on the same level as the uh, as the other items so it's going to discuss. Uh, what the reason is for charoset. Is the reason for charoset a practical reason that you just have it to like blunt the, uh, you know, blunt the maror or, is it, or it's actually a mitzvah in, it, in its own right? The Gemara will talk about that. But first the Gemara is going to deal with a more basic question as we turn to Amud Bet. It's going to ask, We know that there is a raging debate throughout the Shas that comes up very often whether mitzvot tzuchot kavana. In order to fulfill a mitzvah, you have to have intention to fulfill the mitzvah. What is the, the two most common situations where we face this dilemma of mitzvot tzichot kavana? Are, one of them is coming up very soon, which is Svirata Omer. A person says what the day is of Svirata Omer. He didn't intend to count the Omer. He's just telling you, oh, it's the eighth day of the Omer. Whoops, I made a mistake. I said it. Now, I, now if mitzvot tzichot kavana, if mitzvot require kavana, then I didn't do anything. I didn't intend to do the mitzvah, so I didn't get credit for the mitzvah, so I can still do it. But if mitzvot and tzichot kavana, if the mitzvot don't really require intention, so that means that I didn't do the, that I, that, uh, that I, uh, that I did the mitzvah, because since mitzvah don't require kavanah, and I said the day, so I fulfilled the mitzvah unintentionally, right? So that's the, because uh, it doesn't require intention. So that, that's the machloket, mitzvot tzichot kavanah, or not, or mitzvot don't require kavanah. So Rish Lakish is saying, you see from here, mitzvot tzichot kavanah. What? What does that mean? You see from here that you have to have intention in order to fulfill the mitzvah. What's his proof? Because Because you see that this person at the seder that the Mishnah is describing, who has only one vegetable, he has only chazerot, he has only maror to use. He uses it in the beginning of the seder. For his karpas, so to speak, right? He uses it pre, pre storytelling of the seder. So, what does that show you? If mitzvot did not require kavanah, then what would happen? He would automatically get the credit for the mitzvah of maror, and he wouldn't have to do maror later because he already did it, right? So, the fact that he's going to come back and do it again, he just does it with pre adama, right? Vidil maloi kavin the maror, right? So, so right. So, the, so the question is that. Uh, he says, since he d- does it at a time which, which is not the proper time, right? And he didn't really have intention, or we assume he didn't. Maybe he didn't, it literally says, but we assume he didn't have intention for more. That's why later on during the meal he has to go back and do it again. Because if you're going to tell me that the mitzvah of doesn't require kavana, so right? So it's an, it's an interesting argument. In other words, what Rish Lakish is saying is that from the fact that this person used the maror as his karpas, 
and he has to go back anyway during the meal and eat the maror again. That shows you mitzvot, that the mitzvot require kavanah. Because since the first time that he ate it, he was not intending for the mitzvah of maror. He didn't get credit for the mitzvah of maror. And so therefore, when he has to come back and do it again, Okay, that's, that's what Reish Lakish says. It's not chavilot chavilot because it's just eating maror. That's it. Yeah. So, me, my, chavilot chavilot is when you say brachot over items. It's not talking about that one eating could fulfill many mitzvot. When you eat the matzah, you, you fulfill mitzvah of seudav yom tov and also of, uh, also of uh, mitzvah matzah. There's lots of things you could fulfill with one thing. You eat a korban, it fulfills mitzvah of eating the korban, also of the mitzvah of simchat yom tov. Nobody says chavilot chavilot. It's one action, you know? So, anyway, so, me, my. So, but this is not necessarily a proof. Why? Because dilma leola mitzvot enterchol kavana. Maybe really mitzvot don't require kavana. And actually, technically, you did. You did fulfill the mitzvah of Maror the first time you did it. Okay, you did. But your question was, why does he have to dip twice? It has nothing to do with Maror. Really, technically, guess what? The first time that you ate the Maror before the meal, since that was the only vegetable you had and you ate it for kapas, you actually fulfilled the mitzvah of Maror. You actually fulfilled it. The only thing is, you have to do it twice so the kids will notice you did it. It's an extra thing. Right? The idea is... Normally, we think of it as what makes it extra is that you're taking a vegetable and dipping it before the meal. And normally, you eat during the meal. You have hamotzi after kiddush, and then during the meal, you dip your vegetables and your whatever. You're doing it before, but it's saying that plus the fact that you do it again creates the effect. In other words, if you did, if you did the mitzvah of maror once before the meal, it wouldn't have the same effect as eating during the meal and then eating before the meal and then eating it during the meal. So maybe that's only for the Shadrachit. If that's true, so then why does the Mishnah use the case where the person only had maror? Right? Why does he use that case? In other words, it seems to be trying to tell you that even though you did the, use the maror, you have to do it again. That's the whole point, why the Mishnah uses that example. Right? In other words, he's saying like this, that really it could be that when you ate the maror in the beginning, you did fulfill the mitzvah of maror. Because mitzvah don't require explicit kavanah to fulfill. And the, but, so why do you have to do it again? You have to do it again because you want to show the kids an extra thing. Okay, that you did it twice. But the only thing is, why does the Mishnah use the example of Maror to show you that even though you used Maror, right, even though technically you fulfilled the mitzvah of Maror, you still have to go do it again so that there's two altogether. So you can say in the Manishtana, you know, that that we did it twice, it has to be double. Otherwise it wouldn't, uh, it wouldn't work. So you might have thought that's only true if you use celery for the first one and maror for the second one. But if you used already maror, you got a double whammy. So you don't need to do, uh, you did something before the meal that was unusual, which is eating a vegetable before the meal, and it was maror, so that's enough. No, you have to still do it twice. The old tanya. And moreover, we have a bright that says, achalan demai. If you ate maror from demai. Demai we've learned about many times. Demai is the produce that you buy from an ordinary person. So the ordinary people would always yeah, separate huh? teruma, but they wouldn't separate Maaser and they wouldn't separate Chumat Maaser. So, so you had to always separate the Maaser and the Chumat Maaser just to be careful, extra careful from this produce that he would give you. But let's say you had this produce and you didn't separate the, uh, uh, you didn't separate it. So if, and you used it as Maror, it would be okay. Why? Because since you're allowed to feed Demai to poor people, 
Right? In other words, poor people don't have a requirement of demai. It's only for people who can afford it to take that extra tithe. You can feed it to poor people. And since you could renounce everything that you own, you could say, I, I, I'm, I make everything I own have care and now I'm a poor person. So hypothetically, you could eat it. It's not like a prohibited substance in the same way as other things. So therefore, if you ate it, the avadi would be allowed to, you would count for the mitzvah maror. But that's not the main point here. Right? That's the main point. If you ate it without any kavana, you also fulfill the mitzvah maror. And if you ate it in separate portions, in other words, you had a bite and you waited a little bit, you had another bite, you, that's also okay. As long as you don't wait too long in between. And we always say it's the amount of time it takes to eat three eggs or to eat four eggs. Uh, some people say it's, you know, there's all kinds of different arguments. Two minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes. Everyone has a different idea of how many minutes it is. Half of the, half of the, right, half of the loaf of the bread. But they say it's three eggs four, or four eggs. So the point is that, um, that you can, you can have, a, you can draw out the eating, but not too much, right? But anyway, the idea is that, um, that, uh, that, that it says here, below mitkaven, that even though you ate the maror with no kavana, you still fulfill the mitzvah. So that's against Rish Lakish. Rish Lakish was saying we could show from here that, that you have to have kavana when you eat the uh, maror, but you don't have to have kavana because mitzvot don't require kavana. Uh, right, so Tanaihi, but actually it's a machloket Tanaim. The Tanaim, Rabbi Yosi Omer, Afal Bishet Tibel B'Chazeret, Tzala Vilevanav Chazeret B'Chavos Rishnei Tavshilin. It says in the right, so Rabbi Yosi says, even though you dipped in Chazeret, in other words, even though before the meal you didn't have any other vegetable, so what did you do? You dipped with the maror, because that was the only vegetable you had to do karpas with. So even so, you still have to bring during the meal the maror and the charoset and the two dishes, the two tavshilim. Okay, so you see, it says mitzvah. It's still a mitzvah. You have to do it. But still, we could. Ar- so, what does that show you? That shows you it's a machloket. Some people, right? The brighter that we just quoted before said that if you eat the maror without kavanah, it's okay. He's saying, Rabbi Yossi is saying, no, since that wasn't with the proper kavanah, when he said that when you, when you dipped with the maror as using it as karpasa, it wasn't the right kavanah, you have to bring it again. It's a mitzvah to bring it again. You see from that that it didn't count. He says, mitzvot tzichot kavanah. But the Gemara asks, maybe Rabbi Yossi also says, maybe that's not the reason Rabbi Yossi says that you have to bring the Maror back. Maybe it's not because mitzvot uh, require kavana. Maybe they don't. Maybe you really fulfilled the mitzvah of Maror when you ate it the first time. Maybe it's like we said before, that the only reason why you have to double up and you have to dip again with that Maror during the meal is because maybe... The um, maybe the uh, you know the kids will notice that you had a double dipping, right? Imke, but if that's true, imke in my mitzvah. But if that were true, why would he say it's a mitzvah to bring it? He wouldn't use the word mitzvah. Mitzvah has the sense of an obligation that is more formal obligation, and, and that meaning to say that you have an obligation to bring it because of the mitzvah of uh, of maror, not because just to show the kids so they they pay attention. So the idea is that you you have your machloket. But in the Gemara, it, this machloket runs throughout the Tanaim and the Amoraim, all the way down to the Rishonim, honestly. The Rishonim have a machloket. What is the ruling in the end? Right? Even the, because every time the sugyot bring this discussion up, in Masachet Pachot, Masachet Rosh Hashanah, you know, it, it's all over. There's, there's places where this discussion is revisited. And yet, in the end, there's no clear conclusion. There's just a, there's, oh, it's always left hanging and it always comes back. The question of whether mitzvot require kavanah or not. So, it, so there are some Rishonim 
who say that there's some who are not clear, like the Rambam, everybody argues about what he really thinks, whether mitzvot require kavanah or not. The Shulchan Aruch says, we, we go with the view that mitzvot zichot kavanah, at least ideally, we, we, we go with the view that mitzvot require kavanah, and that's the conclusion of the Gemara. Other Rishonim say, no, it's clear from the way the Gemara always ends, that it always deflects the idea that mitzvot require kavanah, so we rehold that it doesn't require kavanah. So basically, in the end, what they always, requ- they, they always say, that if you did a mitzvah without kavanah, and it's a deoraita, you should do it again with kavanah, just to be sure, right? Like if you ate the matzah on the night of Pesach, the first kazayit, and you weren't thinking about doing the mitzvah, uh, eat it some more with, with, it, with the intention. But if it's a Zerabanan, you could be lenient, right? That's generally what they say. Um, because we're not sure in the end. But this discussion basically boils down to this. If a person ate the maror right before the seder and he was thinking it was for karpas, not for maror, will he automatically get credit for maror just like the person who says it's the third night of the Omer and he wasn't thinking to do the mitzvah, but he, it was at the right time and he, the words came out of his mouth. Does that count, right? Same thing. That machloket is the machloket here. Now, uh, now it says, "My shnei What are these two dishes that you have to bring to the table? Where, where do we get to say these two dishes? What are, what are they supposed to be? It just says two dishes. Amaravuna silka varoza, beets, or some say it's spinach. Some say selik in is 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 uh, spinach. Some say it's beets, varoza and rice. That's what they would bring. Right, Rava Hava Meadah said, "Kavar Rosa, who will be nothing but a Zerafuna." Rava, yeah, Rabbi Ben Chaim always quotes it. Yeah, Rava said, Rava would always go out of his way to have this either beets or spinach, whichever one it is, and rice at the table because it came out of the mouth of Ravuna. Since he specified, he was just giving two examples, but since he gave those examples, he went with those examples. He liked the examples. Amar Ravashi, Ravashi said, "Shema Mina the Ravuna." It should probably say Me Ravuna, right? Me the Ravuna, probably. Um, yeah, mid Rafuna. You can see from Rafuna, let the Chayish Lahad Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri that nobody cares about the opinion or nobody is careful about the opinion of Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri because Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri we learned before the time Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri Omer Orez Min Daganu. According to Rabbi Yochanan Ben Uri, uh, rice is one of the grains. It's the sixth grain, right? And if it, if it becomes if it, if you cook it with water, it's chametz. But yeah, he would not. He would not. Yeah, v'adam yotzebo yedech chovato pesach. And a person could even use it for matzah for Pesach. He could have rice matzah would be 100% good. So in other words, it always goes together. Anything that can become chametz can become matzah and vice versa. There's nothing in the middle. According to Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri, he would think we're all eating not just uh, kitniot. He would think we're all eating chametz, basically. Right? He would think that all the rice is a chametz. And that you, but on the other hand, he would say that if a gluten-free person wants to make rice uh, matzah, that would be okay. So that's the positive side of it. But the negative side is that you know, we would all be eating chametz, according to him. Uh, but nobody accepted that view. That's why it says not right so definitively that they didn't even say, "Oh, let's be careful and strict about what Rabbi Yochanan ben Uri said." Even the Ashkenazim don't say that 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 rice is chametz. They know it's not chametz; it's kitniot. Okay. They spend more time getting away from kidneyot than away from chametz. It's much easier to get away from chametz than kidneyot. Kidneyot is in everything, and uh, and and chametz is you know is a, a very limited group of things. You know, I, I think that for for us at least, my in my experience, I, I barely detect the difference in our diet from the rest of the year. I mean. We eat rice and choresh every all the time, so now we just have matzah instead of bread. Like, okay, we don't have gundi or whatever, but it's like it's very similar, similar food to the rest of the year, but more or less. Anyway, but for them, it's really a big, uh, it's a big challenge. I have so many things they can't eat. In any case, that's so the question. So, so that's what he would have. He would have the beets or spinach, depending how you interpret the silka, 
and yeah, and in rice. Those days they were not afraid of the chametz in uh, the rice. Whatever obviously not. Yeah, obviously not. Or whatever the reason is, or because they're going to confuse the flour. This one with that. I don't know. Whatever the reason is that they say chizkiyah. Yeah, I mean it's true that they say that um, in order to certify something gluten free. Uh, it's really, really difficult. Like even oats, like they said the, that now they have like, you know, Cheerios that are certified gluten-free. So it's extremely hard to clean it to make sure that other grains don't get mixed in even today. So, so I saw an Ashkenazi rabbi like was sharing this and saying, see, you know, we're right that you have to be really careful. There could be grains mixed in with these, uh, you know, with other grains. It's not, you know, it's, it's true. Okay, so we check it and we, you know, we check it. That's all. Um, I, I've never in my life heard of anybody finding uh, weed in uh, uh, rice, but uh, who could be? So, even if you have a fish with an egg on it, in other words, you know, they would have like, um, like those gefilte fish where they put the little strip of the little slice of egg on it, you know, the, they says even that is considered two it's dishes, carrots, no? two things, but... They put, some they put a little carrot on there and there's sometimes a little bit of a slice of something oh, yeah. else on there, yeah. So it's saying, imagine that, but the little p- slice of egg on there, right? That would be enough. According to him. No, you need two types of meat. It can't be uh, rice and beets, and it certainly can't be uh, just fish and egg. It has to be meat. One has to be to remember the Korban Pesach. One has to remember the Korban Chagiga that they would eat on that night also as the dinner, because the dinner was the Chagiga, and then the Pesach was like the dessert, because everyone only got a Kazayit of that. Right? Even if you took a bone, meaning like you took like a piece of meat, Right, a slice of meat and the gravy of the slice of meat—that's considered two tafshilim. That's really minimal that's in a way that, taste. in a way, right? Because it's two different tastes, two different substances. One is a liquid, one is meat. You know, uh, the point is that he's being really lenient because he's saying even it's basically the same thing. It's the gravy of the same item that could be two tafshilim. It, it doesn't have to be literally two tafshilim. So pshita. Now, now we're going back to the. That was a, a sidebar. Now the way that we do it is we put the egg and we put the, the bone on the seder plate. But now the now Gemara goes back to the original. Question was says Sorry, the and then the shank bone is for pes- uh-huh, Pesach. Uh-huh. Yeah, that's why we don't point at it because we don't want to make it look like we have a Korban Pesach. Now, now obviously, a person who has more than one kind of vegetable, let's say we have the celery and we have the romaine lettuce. So when you when you do uh, a pas, you say the Bari Priyadama. When you come to Maror later, you don't say Bari Priyadama again, you just say Alachilat Maror because you already said Bari Priyadama before and also because you said Hamotzi. There's a there's a question if the reason is because you said Hamotzi now, or it's because the Hadama before would count. But either way, you say the Hadama on the Karpas, and then later on you say Achilat Maror on the on the, the on the Romain. Right. You don't necessarily need to because you're saying Hamotzi before, and you never have to say yeah. You never have to say on a on a salad during the meal you have Hadama. You had Hamotzi already. Yes. Anyway. Um, so, but what is the right procedure when all you have is the romaine lettuce? My, what do you do? You have to use it for both karpas. Everyone agrees you have to use it twice, right? That wasn't the dispute. The question was why? Did you fulfill my word the first time or you didn't fulfill my word the first time? But, uh, and it depends whether you say mitzvot require kavanah or not. But the question is, what's the right procedure? So he says, in other words, you're going to eat this romaine lettuce twice. Once as karpas, second time as maor. So he says, what should you do? Say pray for yadama when you're using it as karpas. After kiddush, you take the, the only thing you have is romaine lettuce. You bring the romaine lettuce. You say pray pray yadama. Then you don't say anything else. Then when it comes to after hamotzi of motzi matzah, now you say alachilat maor and you eat it again. Okay, that's the way that he says to do it. Right? Matkif la rav chista. Rav chista doesn't like this. 
says, Lachar Shemilekresohimenu, after he filled his stomach with eating this food already, Chozer Umifarechalea. Now he's going to come back and say another Bacha. It's like, it's like you ate already from this uh, before, and all you said was one bracha. Now all of a sudden you're eating the same thing with a new bracha. I mean, it's wh- wh- how, how does that work? It says, no, what you should do is that Ella Amar of Chizdam, Ikram Vechalebri Priyadama, Vel Achilat Maror Vechil. Ulevasov, Achil, Achilat Chasablo Bacha. He says, the right thing to do is look, once you're already going to be eating this Maror, even though it's not the right time, because it's early in the Seder, because it's right after Kiddush, but you're using it to double up as Karpas and Maror. So what do you do? The right thing is to go full, you know, go all the way with that first maror and say, and also maror, since you're eating it. And then during the meal after the motzi matzah, don't say another racha, just eat it together with the matzah like you're supposed to, but don't say another racha. That's what he says. It's so not in the order, though. Right, so. even, even though it's not in the order, because you have to use it the first time. It's, he says it's, he doesn't like the idea that you use the same thing twice, and the first time you have one bacha, the second time is a different bacha. It's like, it's, it, it's like well, yeah, I mean, the first time you said it, say the whole thing, right? So, so we, and that's what he says, but then you have to eat it again with the matzah, so do it again. Now, in Surya, when they had this situation, they did like Rav Huna, it should probably be Surah. Sura. Right, Besura, not Surya. Right, in Sura they did like Rav Huna, meaning that if they had only romaine lettuce, so they would say only Borei Hadama at the Karpas stage, and later on, when they would come during the at the right time in the set, they would say and Rav Sheshet the son of Rav Yoshua did like Rav Chizda that he would say if you if you had a situation where you only had romaine lettuce, he, he would say Borei Hadama and Alachilat Mor at the very beginning of a seder, and just go back and eat it later in the middle of a seder without the bracha. Actually, the halacha follows of chista that that's what you would do. You would say, but once you're already eating maror, you might as well do the full mitzvah at the beginning of the seder, and then in the middle of the seder. Um, you just eat it again without a bracha. Bracha bracha the son of Rava would be very careful to seek out. Other kinds of vegetables, alternative vegetables, la pukein of she mi plukta, in order to uh, uh, avoid the uh, the argument. In other words, so he wouldn't get into this difficulty. Now, how could the, you might say, well, how could this happen today? Why would this happen uh, nowadays? So the answer is that a person just forgot. In other words, let's say, you know, it could very well happen that somebody forgot to pick up one of the items for the said there. Oh, you were supposed to get this and you were supposed to get that. And they forgot to get the celery and the only vegetable they have is a romaine lettuce. It could hypothetically occur. It's there. I, I've never seen it actually happen, but I'm, but it's, you know, it's, it's a possibility. And I'm sure it's happened to some people that they came to the said there night and they said, well, where's the carpas? Oh, I thought you were bringing it. I didn't, I didn't know. And then, and now all they have is the, the only vegetable they have is a maror. So then they would have to say the right procedure. Is right after the kiddush for karpas, you say pray pray adama on the romaine lettuce, and you would say alachilat maror also, and do the mitzvah in the beginning. Yeah, the halacha follows of chista. That's actually what the halacha is. So then you would do it that way. No, like we do on the set there. We always have karpas before. You said you said Right, so for the car- if a person only has romaine lettuce, that is actually the halacha. If a person doesn't have any other vegetable, they only have romaine lettuce. So in the beginning of the why don't we do both of them before Which both? The well, because the, really the maror is supposed to be with the matzah. It's supposed to be al matzot umorim yochlu. So, so, so since we don't have uh, since we don't have another vegetable, so they're forced to use for karpas romaine lettuce. So he says, you know, what, once you're already matzah, using it, it right, and then we just accompany the matzah later, but we don't have to say another bracha on it in that. But case. then you have to have a kezayid 